Hello everyone and welcome back. We are very excited to present to you our chapter premiere, but first I just want to tell you about some of the sponsors who make our show possible. Our featured sponsor this chapter is Audio Fiction 101. Audio Fiction 101 is an online course that teaches you everything you need to think about when making an audio drama and then walks you through rigorous exercises to solve narrative challenges in audio. It covers every aspect of creating audio fiction from world building to writing for sound effects. You'll see how to develop ideas in audio and identify opportunities for innovation. You'll also see examples of what the writing process can look like and develop the confidence to finally start writing. Uh, the course is over three hours of content, including visual examples, animations, and companion worksheets. And best of all, in my opinion, it is taught by the team that produced Wolf 359 and Time Bombs, pulling from their experience, both bringing audio fiction to life and teaching at the university level. If you are not familiar with Wolf 359 or Time Bombs, you've probably at least heard me gushing about those shows at some point. Um, these these folks are experts who I really, really look up to, um, and they're really cool people too. So if you are thinking of making an audio drama or any kind of audio fiction of your own, um, I am leaving you in truly excellent hands by sending you their way. Uh, Needs-based scholarships are available to qualifying applicants, and all Once in Future Nerd listeners can get a $15 discount by using the code TOAFN. I also want to remind you that we have official merchandise for sale at onceinfuturenerd.com slash merch, and if you buy any of our Spreadshirt products on that page between now and September 23rd, uh, which is soon, you can use the code ship for me that's SHIP. F-O-R, me, to get free shipping. And of course, our show is made possible, as always, by our patrons on Patreon. We are very appreciative of our patrons, and we show that appreciation with cool rewards like early access to episodes and stickers and posters of patron-exclusive artwork. Okay, that is all I've got for today. Enjoy the episode, and we will talk to you before the next one. Once and Future Nerd Book 2 Myth Made Flesh Chapter 6 One for the Team Part 1 by Zach Glass, Shannon Harris and Christian T. Kelly Madeira Nia What a relief to see you but of course, when we last left Nia, she was feeling anything but relief at the sudden reappearance of Lord Commander Relotit. Goodness, you look faint. Let me fetch you something. No, please. That's... I insist. I've got some fresh oat cakes and chamomile tea with honey. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, dear Nia, what an ordeal you've been through. I can only imagine. You sit there while I fetch the cakes and just try to breathe. You're safe now. Yes. Safe. He's a sweet boy. He got worried when you came to see him, could sense something was amiss. So, right after sending your letter, clever thought, by the way, he notified the city guard. Oh, Frederick. The building's quite surrounded, of course, in case that's why you keep glancing at the door. So naturally, the city guard let my footman know. And I wrote here post-haste and told Frederick, 
all about the ruthless band of brigands who had compelled you to criminality against your will, so you can understand his relief when you answered his call. The boy cares about you very much. Nia heard the derision in the elf's voice and thought she understood her intention. Frederick's a pillar of his community. People will come looking if he goes missing. Missing? Why would he ever go missing? Who's missing? Why, young Nia's afraid you might be departing soon. Have you any plans to travel? Uh, I don't think so. Splendid. Ooh, have you told her about the commendation? I was just coming to that. Nia, as we both know, your actions during and after the Battle of Freehold were extraordinary. And there is so much you are owed. But when we were unable to find you, we instead sought out your next of kin. Benedict and Mildred are such darlings, by the way. They've been very hospitable to my detachment in Seahold. Had we not found you, we would have been forced to give them what you're owed. But now that you're here, I think we can agree it's easiest just to deal directly. And now that you're a war hero, Nia, the Knights of the Woods saw fit to personally help you with the brigands. Isn't that right, Lord Commander? Oh, yes. I shall deal with the brigands myself. Frederick, I hate to be a bother, but might you have any jam for these kinks? I'll have to check the cellar, but I'm sure I can wrestle something up. Would you mind terribly? I am eternally at your service. Yes, that's you. Helpful as always. I'm sure you can infer the conditions required for your parents' safe release, but for the sake of clarity, let's speak them anyway. I can't give you my companions. Can't? Irana Regan is many things, but she is not stupid. She wouldn't tell me where they were staying, only where to meet her so she could bring me to them. Then you should go to your meeting. I have agents who are very skilled at seeing while remaining unseen, and they can... Not in this city, with respect. She is born and raised of this place, as you are of Helikbeer. Explains a lot, doesn't it? She knows this city better than her own heart. Track her, and she'll spot you, and then lose you. And you'll never hear from me again, even if I wish to save my parents. And do you? Yes. Very badly. Well, then I grow weary of excuses. Tell me what's on offer that is worth your three wretched lives. Think carefully on what you say next. My time is precious. Nia looked down into her lap, deep in thought. Though she remained silent, it was not long before tears began to fall onto the front of Biddy's borrowed shirt. Finally, she raised her pained and dewy eyes to meet Rees. I can tell you where she'll be in three days' time. And Relotit grinned. What the motherfuck? Regan, of course, had no way of knowing what transpired in Friar Johansson's monastery. Instead, she was reacting at that moment to the actions of her youngest comrades, whom you'll recall had disobeyed her fairly straightforward command. Why is it as soon as we stop treating you like children, you act like them again? I'm serious. 
Help me understand so I can talk myself out of throwing you out a window. We're sick of being helpless. We got pulled away from everything and everyone we've ever known. And we still don't know jack shit about how or, or why. This was our only chance to maybe figure it out. And it's like no one gives a shit about that. I give a shit about keeping you alive. You can't go home if you're hanging from a rope with your skin peeled off, can you? Look, sometimes there's a hard choice and none of your options are great. But when you take it on yourself to get what you want and put the people around you in danger, that's when the people around you have every right to drop you like a brick. There was a time not that long ago when I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. You'd just wake up in the morning and I'd be gone. Never see me again. And I can't honestly say that was the wrong move. But for one thing, Brennan and Nia would never let me do... Wait, where's Nia? The Pennsylvanians looked at each other, then back at Regan, and then all shrugged. She wasn't part of this little caper? Heist. What? Nothing. Was Nia in on this or not? No. Not really. No or not really? She drew us a map. When we bugged her enough, but she didn't say it was a good idea or go with us or anything. So then where the fuck is she? She had something of her own to do. Seemed important. Oh, yeah, no, as long as it was God's damn important. Brennan! Yellowween! Fuck me, Brennan. Eucharist. First, real quick, you want to tell me how these three escaped? They what? Yeah, they've been gone for close to two hours. I thought they were sleeping late. Their doors were closed. Oh, good, good, yeah. Hey, um, free tactical tip. Let me show you something. Watch. Regan slowly lifted the front of her cowl up to cover her face and then quickly yanked it down. Peekaboo asshole, I still exist. Aye, your grace. And you? How's those superior senses working out for you? You still got a fever or something? We got you medicine. Yes, but I don't think it works. I need to go find Nia. Might take a little track in so you're coming with. Put your hood up and, I don't know, try to slouch, I guess. With your gangly ass. It honors me to obey, your grace. Don't push your luck. Brennan, get everyone to the whiskey church. Pardon, your grace? Old Market District by the East Canal. There's a building, used to be a church, that they built a tavern in. Looks like a church, but they sell whiskey. Whiskey church. Aye, your grace. Get a table in the back of the basement, by the coffins. Um, sorry? Catacombs in the basement, get a table by the coffins. That's important. And even more important, these three are not to leave your sight the whole time. Got it? Man, we were just... Uh, This is a stay of execution, not a pardon. So practice your begging for mercy faces. Brennan? Uh, Whiskey church, table by the uh, coffins... And not to leave my sight. Regan took a steadying breath, tossed up her hood, and departed, with Yellowing close on her heels. Neighbors, friends, brothers and sisters, thank you for attending this town meeting on short notice. As your chosen representative to the Federation, I formally open this meeting. 
Steady River, a venerable elder of the Western Village which named itself after its three bridges, addressed a gathering of nearly 500 of her neighbors. She spoke into a fired clay cone. Nearby, a young girl concentrated deeply on the cone, causing it to twist almost imperceptibly. As a result, the matriarch's voice, although plenty powerful on its own, was amplified enough to carry easily to the far edges of the town square. There is news from the Federation House, as well as from the Western Fields. However, regular order must prevail. Town issues first. Updates on the planning season? Steady River nodded towards an older man standing near the center of the square. At this signal, the young girl with the speaking cone ran to this gentleman, offered the device to him, and resumed her magical duty. Neighbors, friends, we all know the update is not good. We just don't have enough hands nor enough bodies. We've sown seed in half of the field by the hill. By now, we should have completed that field in half of another. We need more workers. And? And everyone is working their absolute hardest, and I personally thank all of our friends for the dedication in this trying time. Thank you, neighbor. We knew there would be struggles back when Traft of Six Hills took so many of our strongest to the east for his war. Yet that knowledge makes this struggle no easier. I appreciate your hard work towards the feeding of our community. We will discuss how to get more workers to the fields, but first, we must hear the news from the Federation. And so I turn to the Signal House speaker. At this, the girl with the speaking device began to run toward the young woman known as First Snow. However, First Snow waved the girl away, closed her eyes for a moment, and concentrated before beginning to speak. When she spoke, First Snow's voice was nevertheless amplified. I should note that this skill, which was made to seem easy by First Snow, would have proven difficult for not a few mages twice her age. Neighbors, friends, brothers and sisters, thank you for allowing me to speak. As this month's Signal House speaker, I have news. As a neighbor, I have even more. Yesterday morning, we received a signal from the Federation House. They request more corn to feed the old and sick. Are your ears closed, Signal Sender? We just discussed how dire our own situation is. Sensing the meeting spiraling quickly out of control, Steady River made a gesture to the girl with the clay cone. She closed her eyes and focused, and a loud, sharp shriek rang out. Friends and neighbors, we will have order. Signal Sender, please continue. Thank you, Grandmother. In light of this news, I took it upon myself to inspect the eastern fields. Those fields should be next in the rotation, and I wanted to check the progress of the soil health for myself. I was accosted by a group of Easterners claiming protection of the White Forest. They have claimed the eastern fields as their own by virtue of a new Easterner law. The Elves can now declare dominion over any land that is not actively in use. And to be honest, I do not trust them to thus limit themselves. I spoke directly with the Elf himself, who made several threats. I fear our town may be in danger. Neighbors, this news is indeed grave, but we will learn nothing and get nowhere by shouting over each other. It is my duty to assess the consensus of the town, and by the matron I will do it. 
We will hear proposed responses today, followed by two nights of campaigning and discussion with a vote in three days. As per tradition, the bearer of the news, having had the most time for consideration, is given first right to speak. First Snow, do you have a proposed solution? Thank you, Grandmother. Friends, neighbors, I have an idea to address both problems at once. Regarding the Federation, of course, we must provide food for the old and sick. We must. If we withhold food from the old and sick, that which we keep will be like ash in our mouth. If we give away all of our food, we will have nothing but ash in our mouth throughout the winter. I am aware. We have two problems. First, we need more food. Second, the elves will claim any land we do not till. To me, the solution is obvious. We simply till every field available to us, even those fields which are not yet ready. Please, friends, hear me. Shrub survives. You requested more workers for the fields. I agree. We must make this our only priority. The stakes are too large on both the Federation and the Elven fronts. Every able person in this town for the next two weeks must stop their other work to take extra shifts, aerating and fertilizing the fields so that we can sow them come spring. Exceptions only for medicine. That still will not be enough people to till all of the fields. I know. Here's the fun part. We till every field. We do not till all of every field. Each field is 1,000 paces on a side. We till all around the border of each field, but only about 50 paces deep. Once the plants have grown tall from the outside, it will look as though we have used the whole field, satisfying the elves' stupid rules. Uh, but each field will only require a fraction of the work, making it easier for our limited worker numbers. Those fields which still need to rest, aside from the outer border, they will still have their rest, while still claiming them away from the elves. And by having the entire town working together, our yield will be higher than expected allowing us to both feed ourselves and deliver to the Federation House. The square stills as the town contemplated this proposal. Thank you, First Snow. That is certainly a unique strategy. Are there any counter-proposals? Yes. The young signal sender has complicated the scenario far more than we need. I agree, we pull all workers in the town, but only for a week. We till only the three fields we intended to till this season. We all know that the elves will not be deterred by wordplay and technicalities. This foolish plan would only provoke them, and we don't have enough warriors to survive a fight right now. No, no, no. We must allow them to take the other fields, let them believe they have won. The three fields will be enough for us. I say again, they will be enough for us. We must regretfully inform the Federation that we just have nothing to spare. But the elves... The elves will do the same thing they always do. If we provoke them outright, the bloodshed will be terrible. Ask anyone who used to live further east. But if we do not provoke them, they will play a slower game. They will push our boundaries as far as they can bend. But if we play by their rules, there will not be any bloodshed this harvest season. We will adapt. We will set new boundaries until they push those boundaries again. 
and then we'll adapt again. It isn't full of glory, but it is the only path to survival. If we had warriors, we could fight. But that fool Traft took away every soul who could have defended us. Who knows if or when they're coming back. If we fight today, we die. I say we do what we must to survive the winter, build our strength, and find a better time to oppose the elves. But can't you see that if we don't- First, no. You have made your proposal, and Shrub Survives has made his. Thank you, by the way, cousin. That is a very pragmatic strategy. That's one word for it. You know well enough. You are to convince your neighbors over the next two nights by the strength of your position, not by disparaging others. Before we adjourn, are there any other proposals? Very well. In three days, we will vote. Now, there is one more matter. As you all know, once the tilling season ends, there will be a meeting at the Federation House. While I am not too old to travel, I am certainly too old to want to travel. Especially when at risk of inclement weather. At the end of the season, I will step down and we will elect a new town speaker. And this breakfast beer! And beer! And up! Who could forget you first, you beautiful dog? We found her, you know. Hot! The Memiot Cleric? The Lord Commander trapped her down in Armstrong Guard. Oh, splendid! So. That means there's no longer a need for pigeons here. Well, there's always need for pigeons once you know how clever they can be. My boy, I'm sure that someone misses you. I mean, uh, wouldn't you rather be back in the White Forest? Oh no, this is much more exciting. It's like in Duel of Crones when... Oh, oh you've read it, haven't you? Yes. Well, don't you remember the scene when Lady Greenwich must send a secret message to a true love? Do you mean the prince from the north? Oh, yes, you do remember it. Wasn't it exhilarating? The prince from the north is not the lady's true love. <laughs> of course he is. The, the chemistry and the passion between... Oh, nonsense. They spent one night together and he's barely given a name. <laughs> Oh, and I suppose you think she belongs with Matthias, the solicitor. Who else could be her one true power more? Oh, I don't know. How about anyone else in the realm? He is there for her through thick and thin, his love neither possessive nor dispassionate, and he will always... He doesn't know how to please her! You take that back, you little shit! <clears throat> Reverend! Sorry, is everything all right? Of course, uh, just a bit of sparring. Is everything all right with you? You could have called for a page, you know, and instead of climbing all those steps. Well, we asked the pages if we can take a walk, and they said no. At least that remains under control. Control? Y you and Reverend Ben, oh, impeccable timing, Reverend, are understandably restless under the circumstances. 
You're welcome to stretch your legs in this hall. This is my um, colleague, David Lowe. Um, you can just call me Dave. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Likewise. Are these your birds? Well, yeah. Yes, they are. In any case, Dave was just leaving. So soon? Ben. What? I find the cooing of pigeons strangely soothing. Why, I agree. Screw pigeons. No offense, Mr. Dave. You've assembled quite the flock. Well, thank you. Uh, for what purpose did you bring them here, if I might ask? I'm afraid he's short on time. Well, it all started when my dear friend Yellowing returned home from Sergeant! Yellowing and I go far back, and his sister... Well, my parents swear she's keen on me, but I, I'm not... Oh, hello. As much as I hate to deprive us of the sure-to-be-charming anecdote, Dave and his retinue were just called away on urgent business. Isn't that right? <laughs> retinue. <laughs> well, yes. Well, it's a lovely way to describe them, but I'm not. Quickly, before they are better described as game, huh? Uh, oh, uh, um. Come along, little darlings. Back to the matter at hand. Ah, oh, my, that trip's a bit firmer than warranted. Oh, but helpful lest I fall. With Dave finally fully out of the way... Till next time! I think we're in the clear. Just forgot one more pigeon. I'm just... I'm so sorry to interrupt again. I'll just be back. Come on, little... Oh, it turns out this one's a wild one. No, I'm sorry. This one's not mine. She can just go back there. I try not to be too judgmental about such things, but I'll admit I find the voice of that Dave quite grating. Always seems to be trying too hard, you know. Anyway, back to the matter at hand indeed. As Major Zicard returned her attention to the reverends, it was clear that some manner of high-stakes discussion was underway, even if the words spoken were rather mundane. I'm sorry, honey. I'm as torn up about this as you. Reverence, I trust that I have the solution to both of your jitters. Good news. Good news. What's that? Well, as I was trying to say before, we found your daughter. Praise Galadin. Oh. The reverends responded <laughs> cheerfully and embraced one another with relief at this revelation. Oh, that's wonderful news indeed, my lord. Thank you, thank you. Ben bowed his head to the Major and fervently raised his clasped hands in a gesture of gratitude. He then embraced his wife once more. Millie, we should get back to the Priory at once. Yes, our parish must be worried sick. They've not seen either air of us in three days. Ah, um, reverends, I'm afraid the pages were correct. You cannot leave the premises. Cannot? I have explicit orders from Lord Commander Relotit to... Act as your custodian until further notice. The reverends exchanged a discreet look of concern. Well, that's kind of you. We really do appreciate your looking after us under the circumstances, but... But we have duties and responsibilities to return to. Our congregants and neighbours will start to worry about us. If they haven't already, let's not stir up any trouble among them. Right, might not be the best to have them come looking for us. Is that a threat? Oh, 
No, perish before. And maybe perish us. Respectfully, my lord. We've cooperated at every turn and achieved the mutual goal of finding our daughter. Yes, we will remain at your service as needed for future reconnaissance, especially as it relates to her. Mm -hmm. But you can't just keep us here. Hmm? As it happens, I can. As the reverends noticed elves posted in every exit and corner of the room, they inched closer to each other and ended huddled in an embrace. And when they looked back to Major Zicard, all pretense of cordiality was at last stripped from her face. The Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Glass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Associate producers are Ryan Cushman, Alex Story, and Sunday Vasquez. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Hawkins. Shannon Harris. Riley Jones. Paul Notice. April Ortiz. Julia Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Gregory M. Schultz. Guest appearances by Morgan Conroy, Leslie Gideon, Josh Perot, David Tao, Zach Valenti, and Davis Walden. Production audio recording by Jared Paul. Editing by David Devereaux. Foley, sound design, and post-production mixing by Joshua Sui. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalvo. For more, visit onceinfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr or Reddit. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Once and Future Nerd, you might enjoy this show from our friends. Up above, you see blood-red clouds boiling across the sky. I hear that you're only about to go on an adventure. Uh, you know how Emma likes to have me running around worrying about things. <laughs> you see armies at your back, dwarven, elven, human. You see all the races under your command, and you wickedly smile back at yourself. We can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. And you see this light being shattered into seven different pieces. It's not worth the risk. Just say it's part of my inquisitive nature. I have been following you for a very long time. Do you want a countdown? Three, two, one. Now. And you feel the ball drop out from beneath you. The Lucky Die Podcast is a weekly 5e Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Join our adventure every Monday wherever you download podcasts by searching for The Lucky Die.